This is the Storyteller with episode number 26. Sweet Isabel leaves her mother's home. Thank you for listening. A glimpse of life according to the Storyteller. Sweet Isabel has seen life at an early age. She has felt life in the very pit of her young soul. The taste of it has taken on a multiplicity of flavors. Sweet and tasty, bittersweet, as well as pure gall, all in her 14 years. But guess what? It was still only a glimpse of life. Some might wonder, well, how did she do so many adult things as a young child? Or even why did she do so many adult things, grown-up things, as a young child? Why wasn't she jumping rope, playing tag, learning to cook and sew? Why wasn't she having boyfriends? I have to laugh because a lot of times people make the assumption that children that grew up in the South, all they did was learn how to piece quilts, sew, cook, prepare to be mothers at a young age. Sorry to disappoint. Sweet Isabel loved being around her beloved grandmother, the lady that she called my dear. She loved being around the older people at her church. Could she have been jumping rope and playing tag? Sure. But that was not what she loved. She enjoyed them, the older people, more than playing with the children, more than playing with dolls. There was something about Sweet Isabel that she realized later that she was being prepared early for what her life would look like later. She didn't understand it. You may not understand it. But just listen to her story. Handling business, doing what we know now as prison ministry, but what she did was feed the men on the chain gang, teaching in the church, counseling, listening to people's problems, old and young. All of those things were in her future but she received her training from listening to the conversations of the older people, running the store with and for her grandmother. And last but not least, she desired the Lord at an early age and that never changed. 
All of those things that I mentioned that Sweet Isabel did. No, she did not have names for those cherished things that she did. <laughs> the names came later, when she was much older. The names came later when she became a teacher, a preacher, a counselor, evangelist, a prophet. When she began to do real prison ministry. When she became an administrator. When she became a landowner. A peacemaker. A mediator. A mother. And a wife. Those were the names given to what she did. But she learned to do those things without a name at an early age. As a young girl, she was just busy doing the job and enjoying every bit of it, every second of it. Being young and innocent doesn't require attention. It doesn't require a name. When she fed the men on the chain gang, she didn't care what it was called. All she knew was that she wanted to help. When she listened to Miss Ida May tell her stories, she just wanted to hear. She just wanted to listen. She just wanted to make Miss Ida May feel good. Those were the cherished things that she did. And now, now it's time for Sweet Isabel to leave the nurture of her mother, of her mother's arms. Now it's time for Sweet Isabel to leave the only town that she knew the town where everybody knew her name, Sweet Isabel. Listen to her story. I had no real idea what all awaited me when I drove away out of my mother's eye view. I had no idea of all the feelings that would rise up in me. No idea. Lord knows I had no idea at all. Many nights I lay awake asking myself these questions. How are you going to feel? Leaving my dear. Leaving this town. Leaving these people. Who are you going to miss the most? I would ask. What will your last words to your mother be? What will her final words to you be? <sighs> Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. So many questions. 
Will she be so broken up that she won't even be able to give you last words? Will you be too broken up to even speak your heart to her? I so wanted to speak my heart to my my dear. Lord, Jesus, Lord, whatever will it be like, I wasn't sure. I had no idea at all what it would be like. I said to myself, Sweet Isabel, this is the close of something big. The close of the chapters of your early life on the farm in your town. I had to repeat it to myself. The close of something big. I would feel the bigness of it much later. The bigness of closing chapters. Closing down stuff. I would feel how big it really was much later, and I knew that. Leaving the farm, leaving my town. What was it about my little town? It was a place where everybody knew each other. I like that. It was a place where they all looked out for one another. But more than anything, as I grew up, I was able to feel the love in ways that I already knew was not in the bigger cities or the bigger towns. I already knew it. And I think that's why I hated so much that I was leaving it all behind. But I guess that was life. My early school training began not in a schoolhouse, but in a church. We did not have a schoolhouse, but Lord, 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 we had a church. And school church it was. That's what I called it, school church. The first few years of my education was held in the church, school during the week, and in the same building, church on Sunday. I didn't know the difference. No harm, no foul. I enjoyed it all. One of the things I loved about having school in the church was Before we started our learning, we prayed first. Prayer, then learning. Prayer before recess. Prayer after recess. Prayer before lunch. Prayer after lunch. And prayer before we left 
school to go home. Prayer so that the white man or the black man could do us no harm as we walk to our homes. <laughs> Prayer has been taken out of the schools, but who took it out of your homes? I've been asking that question for years. Who took it out of your homes? Yes, the law took it out of the schools. But what law took it out of your home? And still, there's no consistent prayer for our babies. I've asked the question. I continue to ask the question, who took it out of your homes? And still, there is no consistent prayer for our babies before they leave home for school. There has been killing after killing in schools, and still parents are not moved to smother their babies in prayer on a consistent basis. And still, they are not moved to smear them in anointing oil before they leave their presence. Who took it out of your home? The thought of it bothers me even as I say it. Where's the prayer in the home? Where's the prayer when they leave? Where's the prayer when they come back? Where's the prayer of thanksgiving that the Lord brought them back home safely? Anyway, let's get back to Sweet Isabel. The first mode of transportation I knew was on my Madeira's wagon. <laughs> that sounds strange. Sitting on the same seat with her as she drove the mules. I was one happy little girl. Sometimes she would even let me hold the reins. In my small voice, I would click my tongue and say, Get up, muse, or gee ha. <laughs> my mother would have her big straw hat on and her full work apron that covered her whole dress. I too would have my straw hat on and a full apron just like hers. Wow. As I look back over those years, I can see how far I've come, and I can see how the Lord has blessed me. And even now, I have to give him a hallelujah. That's been a long, long time ago. But it all started from that little town. It all began with a lady called the Hooking Cow. A lot of times they call her that old red engine, meaning Indian. Hmm. Though there were many children around always, my friends became the happy-faced sunflowers. 
My friends were my lightning bugs and my butterflies. <laughs> Boy, did those lightning bugs have their way with me. They were all over me all the time, lighting me up. I didn't mind. And my beautiful butterflies, they love my colorful dresses. They chase me all over the yard. They make me laugh. They were all that I needed. Junior said he would see me. He said, Sweet Isabel, you would act like those things were people. Well, that's what Junior said. But I knew they were not people. But I enjoyed how they made me feel. There were children everywhere. There were children all around. But there was that thing inside of me that caused me to choose my sunflowers. It caused me to choose the lightning bugs and the butterflies. That thing. Call the thing what you would like, whatever you want to call it, call the thing that by that name. I chose to follow that thing that was inside of my heart. Again, I knew they were not people. You see, here in this place, in my little town, my little church, I learned who God was. And because I learned that at an early age, I know today who he is to me. I learned who God was and is today to me. The me that knows what love feels like. The me that knows what freedom feels like. The me that knows what self-identity feels like. Boy, the me that can come out of a storm intact without having storm scars. That's what I learned in my town, my little town. That's what I learned from my Madea. I learned about the storm. I was born in a storm. Throughout the years of my life, I've been in the storm. But I came out without storm scars. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus mm-hmm. nobody knows the troubles I've seen nobody knows but Jesus hallelujah why didn't anyone know Because I didn't wear it. I don't wear it. I chose not to look like 
what I've been through, you can choose too. Nobody knows. And many times today, nobody cares but Jesus. You see, in that little small town, I learned who God was to me. The me that accepts responsibility for the mistakes that I made without affixing blame on anyone else. That's what I learned. The me that sees clearly the mistakes of my mother without holding it against her. Wow. Did that lady make some mistakes? Yes. Did that lady make some mistakes with me? Yes. Did I hold it against her? No. What kept me from holding against her? L-O-V-E. Love truly is a many splendid thing. I learned that at an early age. I learned that unforgiveness is baggage that I vowed never to carry. Forgiving and loving, that's freedom to the full extent of the law of love. Well, it was now time to leave my Madea's house. I sat in the hayloft one last time. And I began to allow my mind to travel back to the very first day that I came to my mother's house, that big house, that big lady, that lady called the hooking cow, Miss Rose, the Red Indian, the lady that took in the travelers and secured them in the hiding place without anyone being the wiser except for a few white people in high places in another state. No one knew that she was hiding travelers. I was honored to find out. Many years later, as I was much older, I found letters of their correspondence to her, informing her to be on the lookout for travelers coming her way, that they were being sent to her. (laughs) That was many, many years later. I never knew how she found out about the travelers. I did know that there was a sign that she had that only they knew about. They knew what to look for. She knew how to keep her mouth. Keeping her mouth made the difference between life and death for the travelers. Wow. 
that was my heritage. That was firsthand information of my heritage. That's what I came from. That's who I am. Seeing that, knowing that, feeling that made me who I am today. I vowed that I would never forget. I vowed that I would pass those stories down to my children and my children's children. I felt honored to know the life of my great-grandmother. I knew her story. If you want to know her story, in one of my podcasts, I talk about my heritage. I know who I am. I know where I came from. I did not need a passport to travel to some foreign country to find out who I am. I know firsthand who I am. I'm free because I know who I am. I learned that from my mother. So you see, she could not be willy-nilly and loosey-goosey and have that kind of responsibility on her shoulders. As young as I was, and I was real young, I knew exactly why she was so angry with the people about the government subsidy and all their talk about free stuff. Oh, she was some kind of angry. In one of my podcasts, I talk about how she was so angry about them receiving government subsidy. Free stuff. My mother understood how precious freedom was. How precious it was to be free. Real freedom. You see, real freedom meant being your own person to her. It meant no strings attached. It meant not owing no man anything but to love him. It meant to her not being beholden to anyone or anything. She would say to me, even the good Lord don't require us to be beholden to him. He wants us to love him and obey his laws freely. She would say to me, Boot, we are free to choose to love God or to not love him. She believed in freedom. She believed in knowing yourself. Today, as I do this podcast, I'm still greatly perturbed when I hear us waiting on someone to free us. When I hear us waiting on someone to give us our identity, to tell us who we are. I'm greatly perturbed and I'm so ashamed. Who are you? When will you know who you are? Who are you? Are you free or not? 
I was full of emotions. And I allowed myself to feel them all because I wanted to place each emotion in their rightful place in my life. Each one of my emotions was special to me, just as they are now as I tell this to you. I learned so much at a young age. I felt so much at a young age. I'd heard so much at a young age. I'd done so much at a young age. Could I have been playing? Yes. Did I like seeing the children play? Yes. Did I want to play? No. I wanted to do exactly what I did. And now, it was all coming to an end. I wanted to visit each spot of the land that we own. I felt compelled to set my feet in every place in town that meant something to me. And I did just that. The Notion store, I walked around in the store buying absolutely nothing, as I always did. But listening one last time to the shop owner tell of her ventures in places that we knew not of. I wanted to always remember her dazzling fire red hair. My mother would say, she's just lying. She haven't been to those places. Don't believe her lies. Well, I didn't care. Maybe they were lies, maybe they were not. But what I did know was that I loved her stories. I loved hearing her talk about her adventures, lie or not. I already knew that I would not find another Notion store, a store that sold thimbles, pincushions, buttons of all shapes, sizes, and colors. I held those buttons in my hand and I twirled them around one last time. The memory of the store and the white lady that wowed me with her adventures were indelible in my heart. They left their mark in my heart and on my heart. That was my very first stop. I'm going to close now, but I will be right back with part two of Sweet Isabel Leaves Her Madeira's House. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening. I am the storyteller.